Hello and welcome to Great Ridge Station. I'm your host, Sam Helgerson, and I'm pretty much a fixture around these parts. Thanks for stopping in on your way through. Season 4, Episode 5. Welcome back to the station. This is Part 3 of a series on the challenge of growth. I decided to take on this topic because of a phenomenon that I'd seen. There are a lot of people adding years to their life, but they're not really growing. They're stuck. There's no maturing happening. Now, this is not a cranky old man talking, probably, but culturally, things have shifted. A couple of generations ago, when you hit 18, you were actually ready to launch out into life. Over the years, that launching process has gotten progressively more delayed. We're seeing delays in marriage, with first marriages sometimes waiting until the early 30s, or even later. We're seeing delays in careers, with people not really settling into work life until their late 20s. We're seeing delays in starting a family. Again, the statistics show that people are waiting to have their first child later than ever. And yes, I know that statistics are generally accurate, but wildly inaccurate in specific instances. I understand that. But here's the thing. People don't always feel ready for life based on some artificial social schedule. I get that. And I also get that things are economically challenging. The job situation is uncertain. It costs a lot of money to rent an apartment. And maybe one of you're one of the people who has decided that... Well, it's not so bad waiting for things to settle down. Well, as my grandfather used to tell me, don't wish your life away. This is your life. And the best way to live it well is to grab onto every opportunity to mature, and then to step up. Well, when it comes to maturity, I have an update for you. If there was ever a bad bit of advice dished out to people, it's the old follow your heart catastrophe. Listen to me. There are times to follow your heart, but usually following your heart will lead you into some, well, catastrophe of monumental proportions. Your heart will cause you to bail out of any difficult situations. Your heart will cause you to stay in your familiar comfort zone. Your heart will make you cave in on your values and principles just to maintain the status quo. Like I said many episodes ago, how are those New Year's resolutions going? See, your heart is so bent on keeping things as they are that you can't even change the things you want to change. Hey, I'm not trying to be brutal. The same is true for me. I just think it's worth pointing out that our hearts are often the source of our troubles, not the solution. The ancient wisdom of King Solomon applies here. The heart is desperately wicked. Who can understand it? That could also be translated as, who can control it? So much for follow your heart. You see, there's great wisdom in letting maturity overrule your heart. We all like the freedom of no responsibility, hitting the road, trying to find ourselves. It's a great theory. But the romance of the theory does not hold up to the reality of practice. We all know those people that are so selfish that they've alienated everyone around them. Oh, they're free, but they've left a wake behind them, and after they move on, they find themselves trapped in addictions, unhealthy behaviors, looking for happiness where it ain't, and very often, very alone. See, we like the idea of following our heart until we realize that it will often lead us to a mess of our own making. That's why we need maturity. So let's start at the top. What is maturity? 
See, the research suggests that the fully mature person has made personal, ethical, relational, and faith commitments and considers these to be non-negotiable in their own life. At the same time, the mature person is completely unthreatened by other perspective, other ideas, other faiths, and so on. They will listen, they will respect, but they will not turn from the commitments that they have made. Now, before you say, yeah, I'm like that, that's me, let me say a few more things. This sort of person doesn't uh, just get to work on their maturity level until they get to that point. Again, the research shows that they have suffered. The people who get to that level of maturity are people who have known great personal pain and suffering. Maybe it's a health crisis, the loss of someone close to them, an internal battle against the dragons of their own fallen nature. You see, the most mature folks you meet are the ones who have suffered greatly. Not that it shows on the outside. It might, but those scars, those wounds are often internal and invisible. The firmness of their convictions comes from the certainty that there are some things in life that are worth holding on to. There are things that are worth fighting for. And curiously, they tend not to take credit for their own growth, their own personal development. These people have also experienced the transcendent. To put it in simpler terms, they were led through it all by someone greater than themselves. Many of them say they encountered God through the struggle. The more agnostic of the bunch tend to talk about encountering some metaphysical other. There was someone who got them through the impossible parts of life, and those things, for them, are no longer up for debate. As a Christian, I would say that they encountered God whether they chose to recognize him or not. What I have found interesting about this level of maturity is that folks here do not find their value in having other people agree with them. That becomes irrelevant. The words of Martin Luther ring true to this. Here I stand, I can do no other. Well, apparently on the way to maturity, though, there are a lot of other points along the way. Obviously, some people have firm convictions, but are threatened by opposing points of view. Wait, not even opposing points of view. They are threatened by alternative points of view. Anyone who does not agree fully is therefore considered a threat. Some people have fewer convictions, and they're content to live life by default. They tend to feel threatened by anyone who actually has beliefs and convictions. Anyone who holds to a strong philosophical commitment is immediately suspect. This group, you may or may not be surprised to learn, is the cultural majority. Their deepest commitments are to things like their local sports teams, because it demands nothing of them. It's their pastimes and their hobbies. You know, don't hate me for this, but the same level of maturity thinks anyone who has made any kind of a social commitment is being oppressed by the social functionaries who put those commitments in place. Again, don't hear what I'm not saying. There are bad social contracts, there are broken systems and oppressive structures. I'm not talking about them. I am suggesting that people need the freedom to exercise their maturity and make the commitments that are valuable to them. I don't think I've shared this, but this has really stuck with me. Recently, I read an obituary for someone I did not know. It was on the same page as someone I did know. And it said of the deceased, He loved watching television and sometimes listened to the radio. Okay, I don't know the whole story, and I did not know the person, but... 
Oh my. See, the challenge to maturity requires each of us to view the hardships in our lives as opportunities for growth and change. It requires us to make commitments with the intention of sticking to them, sometimes even when our heart says otherwise. See, this is not easy. In a culture where people are committed to following their hearts regardless of the cost, it's not easy. Making a commitment in whatever area of life will always close certain doors. In many ways, maturity means that we recognize that we are not the center of the universe, even though, hey, we might really want to be. Maturity is not easy. It's hard fought, but it's worth it. There you go. Something for you to think about. And hey, grace and peace to you. If you're enjoying Great Ridge Station, well, I'd be grateful for your help in building our community of, of leaders and learners. So if you have ideas or questions that you'd like me to address, steer them my way on Twitter, hashtag GRSQuestions, and you'll find me there too, at LJ Helgerson. And of course, I'll keep asking you to keep pointing your friends and colleagues Thanks for joining us at Great Ridge Station. All content is developed by Dr. Sam Helgerson with appropriate citations of outside sources. Our sound engineer is Brick Martin. All background and bumper media is in the public domain and retrieved from archive.org. The opening music is from Guy Lombardo, Down by the River. The closing music is from Annunzio Montavani, Skyscraper Fantasy. I'm already looking forward to your next visit to Great Ridge Station.